Entrepreneurs Over 40, Episode 4, featuring Robert Morales, better known as Traveling Robert on YouTube. I took the risk, you know, it was, it's, and it's been a lot of work and a lot of fun, but, uh, but I'm one of those lucky people to, that, that has been able to make a living out of his passion, out of what, what I love to do. So, You're listening to Entrepreneurs Over 40, the show for somewhat mature entrepreneurs and side hustlers. And now your host, Greg Mills. Our guest today grew up in Cuba. He worked in the tobacco fields a few summers, fulfilling his debt to Cuban society until his parents got their liberation letter and were able to leave. He immigrated from Cuba to Spain with his parents while he was only in his teens. Though Spain, after about a year, came to the U.S. and settling in Miami, Florida. He went to high school and got his first job at Winn-Dixie. He went to school at Miami-Dade College and later Florida International University, where he studied radio and television broadcasting. He went on to have a long and successful career in the television industry. He got hooked on RVing when his brother-in-law rented an RV to visit a family member in Georgia. In 2008, he created a YouTube channel named after himself and began uploading travel videos that he had taken. By his 47th birthday, he could see a path going forward and quit his job to focus on telling the travel stories by video full-time. He does all his own photography, video editing, and music. Did I mention he has his own podcast and is married to the love of his life, Ileana? He's riding, 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 riding in his RV. Without further ado, let me introduce you to you the Robert Morales, better known as Traveling Robert. Hi, Greg. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Could you take a few moments and fill in the gaps from that intro and bring us up to speed with what's going on in your world? No, I think I think you 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 pretty much covered uh, all the bases there, and uh, yeah, at some point in, in 2017, I was in this dead end job in this sort of dying industry, and I, I saw that my 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 YouTube career was starting to take off, and. Um, I took the risk, you know, it was, it's, and it's been a lot of work and a lot of fun, but, uh, but I'm one of those lucky people to, that, that has been able to make a living out of his passion, out of what, what I love to do. So, Okay. Now, did your wife, what did she think when you were discussing quitting your job to go full time with, with your launching your show and your YouTube channel? For for the most part, everybody has been always very supportive. Of course, there was always, I'm, I'm sure, a hint of doubt in my hair and my mom too. Like, you go, have you gone crazy? This and that. But uh, but you know, I was confident. I was confident, and, and and they were confident too. In a sense, you know, we we had been seeing the YouTube channel kind of almost duplicate the number of views and and subscribers, and therefore revenue over the years. So every, every year kind of, so I figured in two years, we're going to be able to break even and this is going to work. And, and it did. That is awesome. So when your parents were traveling all over Cuba with you, did they take video and photography of their adventures? And did that kind of inspire you to, you know, to do your own? Yeah, absolutely. At the time, I mean, we're talking um, probably beginning with the late seventies in Cuba, there was no way to do video. But my parents were always into photography, and uh, and we still have some of those pictures. They used to to shooting slide film, which which actually some of them have been preserved pretty good over the years. So I have all those pictures, and they would always take take pictures. And I would always imagine in my head, I, I always wanted to uh, do video and or movies or what have you. So in my head, I would imagine how 
some of that would look in video. I, I, I would have died to have a video camera back in those days when I was a teenager, like early teens, you know. Yeah, it just wasn't accessible. Even in the U.S., for the longest time, we only had Bell and Owl. Yeah, well, you, you can you can do like the, the eight millimeter film back in the day in the seventies. That was what it was, and then until I think the eighties. But I, but I was I used to drool. I, we used to sometimes get these magazines from the outside world, and I, we used to drool about the the Sony Beta movie and these cameras that were coming out. And I'm like, oh, I wish we could have one of those. And not only was it unavailable, it was somewhat illegal at the time to to own one of those in. in so is there a particular historical figure that you look up to and inspires you regarding traveling and telling tales associated with it? Well, there are many, of course. Uh, but, of course, one of my favorite writers that I that I read was as a kid, as a child, in, in the, through the Spanish translation was Mark Twain. And Mark Twain has many, many quotes about traveling. And as, as you know, he was a very well, uh, well-traveled person. Oh, it's incredible the places he went to. I mean, he was born in this small town by the Mississippi River, by, you know, there. Um, actually, he w- was born nearby, and then he grew up in Hannibal, Missouri. And then he was all over the place, you know. And uh, he has this quote uh, that begins that travel is fatal to prejudice. And uh, and I forget exactly how, how it goes after that, but it's like uh, we have a lot of preconceived notions of different places and different people around the world. And when you travel... You you learn and and you, you change those pre- preconceived notions and and that's to me that's very deep because I've experienced it myself. We've gotten into watching a lot of travel videos or just videos about different countries and it's amazing how many statues of Mark Twain there are like in Czechoslovakia. I think there was Liberia had one. His legacy is known all, all over the world and it's incredible because I remember as a kid I saw a a, a TV series about Tom Sawyer mm-hmm. but it was made in Russia. They shot it in the Vol- in the Volga River. So the Russians made a a, a Russian version of Tom Sawyer. In the, this must have been the 70s. Well, you should check out their version of The Hobbit, too. So. <laughs> yeah, I believe that they, they, they have one of those that is like, like I don't know how many hours long. You know, the Russians were famous for these super long movies like War and Peace. So it will be interesting to see. How often are you on the road per year? How do you choose your destinations? Well, the year, I well, actually... Oddly enough, the year one of the years that I traveled the most was last year when we were just like uh, supposed to travel many places. But I chose, you know, mostly outdoor places, unpopulated places, and you know that, that that's last year was strange in that sense because I had to plan around that. But the year before, I estimate in 2019, I was what almost six months on the road, and then the rest of the time, you know, editing the videos, doing the work. Um, and there are many ways the, that I should, the, by which I travel my, I mean, I plan my travels. And, uh, and uh, nowadays, uh, it's easier nowadays because I get so many suggestions from so many viewers now, now that I have a large audience that I have all these points of interest marked uh, on my map. And, uh, and I just go through those. And I, I use uh, this app called Road Trippers a lot, which uh, gives you uh, points of interest uh, near your area. Near, near your your planned route, you say I'm going from here to to Orlando. It'll give me things, uh, you know, within ten miles of my destination, that, of my route. That's that kind of thing. And and then I, I usually I also write, read books. You know, books. When when I went to Denver, Colorado, I bought uh, the Moon Guide, uh, to, you know, the walking tour of color of Denver. And uh, right now I'm reading a. a, a to a, a guide to the East Coast. To find, and then you combine that with other resources, and it's a combination. I mean, there's not no one single 
resource by any means. This is definitely your passion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and then I just look on Google Maps, you know, when I'm going to my destination and, you know, they, they usually have like points of interest kind of on the map as well. And I like, if, if it has like a little, like a little, little tower or a little the icon that, hmm, that might be interesting. Maybe, you know, I'll, I'll look at that. So I also listen to podcasts. I also listen to podcasts. I listen to the Amateur Traveler, and that's how I plan my West Virginia trip, for example. Uh, that kind of. Thing. We saw the episode when you were went to Grandfather Mountain in the Blue Ridge Parkway. It's it's amazing. You start off in you know, might be in the seventies, pulling into the place, and then you get up there, and combination of the wind and the cold, it's almost unbearable. Yeah, it was it was like thirty two degrees up there, and I was not prepared for that. Yeah, we weren't either. You ever come through Charlotte? I've been through. Charlotte twice actually and, and the second time it was unfortunately my wife has, had to fly back to Miami so I dropped her off there at the, at the airport uh, and then I met up with uh, with another YouTuber and content creator his name is uh, Brian and uh, he gave me a tour around Charlotte, Charlotte. I do want to go back to Charlotte at some point. Yeah, let me know when you do. Yeah, he lives in Mooresville just north of you and uh, and actually where my first car died it was in Mooresville just north of uh, Charlotte. Okay, that was yeah. the Kia Sorento or? Yeah, the old Kia. Yeah, that's when they <laughs> decided to quit. Yeah, that was probably one of the most stressful situations I, I've encountered on the road. But, but you know, people are kind. Most people everywhere are kind, and eventually I got bailed out. Yeah, unfortunately, you don't hear about the kind ones. It's the, the ones that aren't that make the news. Unfortunately, that's something we learned in, in journalism school. If, if it bleeds, it leads. And you, you, you seldom hear good news on the news, unfortunately. What gives you the most joy and satisfaction regarding producing the Traveling Robert show. I want to say it's the freedom to to be able to to have uh, to to do what I love, and you know, getting to see so many so many different places around the United States. Mm-hmm. But I really I really appreciate the freedom of of not uh, not having that gr- that daily grind of you know the daily commute to downtown and then uh, uh, rub it in. Rub it in, brother. No, I'm not rubbing it in. But as I said, I consider myself very fortunate and very privileged to to have been able to to do this. But the and and getting to know the country and the world. Eventually, I want to when it is uh, allowed again. I want to do more international travel. You know, meeting people from different places. But as as, as long as uh, as soon as they let us travel over there, uh, that's probably gonna be next year. I as much as I love traveling around the United States, I love to get a little out of the, out of my comfort zone too. And uh, and I don't know if you know about uh, our trip to Finland, and Norway, and Sweden. That was in twenty in tw- in twenty eighteen, and uh, that was that's a great series. It's on YouTube and and on Amazon. Prime as well, and uh, you know it's it it's in the end there are more similarities than differences between people in the world, especially in the Western world. I haven't gone gone to Africa or Asia or other places, but uh, it's just a language barrier sometimes gets you, you know. And uh, actually, also traveling in an RV in Europe, you know, you you end up going to the supermarket, to the convenience store, to different places, and uh, and you have a more intimate experience with the locals and trying to figure out the language, uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think we, we were planning on going over and we were going to take the Swiss rail because they've got a very efficient Swiss rail system. It's, I, I Heard it's beautiful out there. That's one of the places where I want to visit as well. Yeah, we will definitely be trying that again soon, as soon as we can. I think this this year is going to be sketchy in some places, but I'm 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 hoping that by 2022, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be able to travel. What are the frustrations about producing the Traveling Robert show? Actually, one of the frustrations, and it's not a frustration; it's just a matter of time management. You know, manage the time. You know, I, I wanna. 
see and uh, you know travel 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 see as much as possible then but I have to manage manage that with the time that it takes to edit and produce the videos and and once in a while you know uh, come up with the with uh, with the new music for the videos and that's one of the the challenges and the other channel uh, challenge up to um to up until now I think that's going to change on my next trip is that my wife you know she has a job and uh, up, up until now, she has she's had to be static here in Miami for her job. So she she only joins me on her vacation time, and, um, and a lot of the, the the time that I spend traveling out there is on my own by myself. So that's another frustration that I think we're gonna be able to to overcome this year. Okay, so she's going to be either able to retire or to work remotely. She's going to be uh, be able to work remotely. Okay. Which brings another set of challenges, of course, because she has to work uh, at the same time we're traveling. And as you know, a reliable internet is not as reliable uh, everywhere. But, you know, it's I'm, I'm, it's, it's a set of challenges that, that I'm looking forward to, to tackling. Yeah, you'll overcome them. Yeah. How long does each video take both to shoot and to edit? Well, to shoot it, to, to shoot, it depends, and the shooting part, I don't even count them as as part of my time because it's it's fun. It's it I, I, it's why I enjoy doing it, and I enjoy editing too. But editing is a time consuming process. If 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 any of you have ed- ever edited video, you really have to like, and uh, and I do. But yeah, I'd say it, it depends on the video, of course. But it could take uh, up to an hour per minute you see on screen. So if, if this week I, I posted a 40-minute video, that was a full-time 40-hour week for me. I don't think most people realize that. Yeah, after it's not only putting the videos together. You have to put it together with the right music. You have to do voiceover, do research. And uh, sometimes I need to do color correction and, and stabilization and different effects that I that I put. Sometimes I put a map in the middle of the video showing my route. All oh, that, that, Everything takes time. And I, I, I love doing it, but it's a time-consuming process for sure. No, not nothing is ever simple. And we live in the golden age of video editing. Try that with two, you know, beta cam machines and you do, you're doing it on, on tape. You make a mistake, you have to go back to the beginning. <laughs> so is there one episode that comes to mind that you're particularly proud of or enjoyed making more than more so than the others? Oh man, there are many, and there are the popular ones that uh, I guess the, the the public in in the end is the judge of that. There's that the, my first cross country road trip to the west. Um, that's one of the most viewed videos. There's that um, our, our first long trip with the RV. Uh, there are many. One of my favorite is the the, the one episode on Death Valley. Uh, that that's the one one of the ones that I'm most uh, satisfied with the way it came out. But of course, there are there are many. And also because that's what that was one of those places that I didn't expect. You know, some places they they disappoint you. Some places they overwhelm you. And this is one of those places that I had I had not seen anybody make a complete video of Death Valley. And uh, and then I was there and I was like, wow, you know. And uh, and I and I think I covered it pretty well. You know, I'm I'm satisfied the way that I covered Death Valley. And I didn't even get to say the whole thing. But of course, the most popular videos that I have are these long videos, like the four-hour driving to the West video. And those are basically compilations of shorter videos that I've made into long movies. And uh, and yeah, people people love those. How did you figure out how to make a living with your Traveling Robert show platform? Was there any type of coaching or did you did just read a book or, you know, do online research? How? I, I didn't I didn't really do anything like courses or anything like how to make money but I, yeah I did I did watch some of the the, the gurus at the time that they teaching you how to make better videos and how to kind of tweak your your online presence on YouTube 
one of those is uh, uh, what's his name? His channel is Video Creators. He, he was one of the, the ones that I, that I followed, and I, I learned a lot from a lot of people. Nobody gives you like the whole story, but I learned that consistency, thumbnails, and, and actually putting out a good product are like the main things, you know. And you can you can play with words and link bait and try to to make a, an interesting headline. I, I, for some videos, that works, but eventually you have to find your voice. And my voice was telling these stories uh, about travel, you know, and be somewhat unique about it, uh, finding that that niche and and, and and respecting your public and interacting with your public. That's what I do every Friday. I do a live stream every Friday and people ask questions and I just it's just, it's just like a one hour hangout with, with, with the public. And especially, especially when it stopped being a hobby and I really wanted to, you know, when I quit my job and failure wasn't an option anymore, I decided, you know, it's, it's like everything. You can learn anything. And I decided to, to, to learn and try to learn as much as possible about what made that YouTube algorithm, you know, work for you. How do you make the majority of your money? Does it come from, from sponsors? Does it come from YouTube itself? Okay, I'll break it down. I don't have exact figures. Of course, I'm not that organized. <laughs> the, the, the big chunk comes from, from Google, from, from the views. You know, I get... Uh, over a million views a month, so that translates into to percentage of money. I also have Patreon. I, I sell my merchandise. I sell the T-shirts. I sell CDs. I sell stickers, uh, that kind of thing. That's a good chunk too. Some of my videos are on Amazon, Amazon Prime, and that's a part of it too. And then sponsorships. Lately, some companies have been approaching me, and uh, and if it is a product that I think you know it's good or, or it kind of reson- will resonate with the audience, I. I I have this short commercial in the middle of the video and, and make money from that too. So like, for example, the VPN. Yeah, Surfshark VPN. Yeah, everyone needs to be using a VPN in public nowadays. Yeah, especially when whenever you it's, it's, if you have to connect to a Wi-Fi out there, you know. So, so I, I have, of course, an AT and T plan and a Verizon plan, and you know they try to have both, but sometimes there's neither, you know. Or the internet is the biggest challenge. I can't wait for Starlink. And I, I already signed up. I already signed up, and I want to see if I if that's gonna work out for us, nomads. Well, Elon says it will. So, and Elon wouldn't lie. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, he's 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 putting people in space, and he's uh, make you know because whatever that guy touches generally turns out good. So yeah, um, I, I have high hopes. So, where do you see traveling the traveling Robert show going in the next few years, both literally and figuratively? Well, I'm gonna continue doing what I'm doing. I think uh, it's 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 working out. It's working for me, of course. Uh, I need to I need to oh, oh, of course find new places and new venues. Not to I mean I'm never gonna get bored, but not to get bored of the, the doing the same thing. And of course, I'm always gonna re- be revisiting some places that I visited in the past. Some places change. Some places, you know, I just want to go back to like like Valley of the Gods in Utah or or back to the West Coast, some places that I want to go with my wife that she hasn't seen yet. And then, of course, there's Europe. There's the Camino de Santiago in Spain, which is the, the you know, the route of St. James that goes from France all the way to, to Santiago de Compostela. There's the Pan-American Highway in South America. So there are many things that in the future I might uh, do to get me away from that comfort zone and continue growing as a traveler. And I don't have, I, I, I stopped having goals. You know, I wanted to do the, 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 all the 50 states by the time I'm 50. I'm not going to be able to do that because of the current situation. And I don't, I'm, I'm not counting countries. But I 
just want to do what feels right, what feels right for me, what, what is fun for me. And uh, I hope that it's going to be fun for the people who, who watch my videos or listen to my podcast or follow me. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever thought about maybe writing your own book or organizing some sort of uh, travel with Robert caravan? E- e- eventually I might, but I have enough trouble writing a newsletter every week or two. So <laughs> someday, someday, some, someday, you know, and this is my thought. I'm going to spend a couple of months in a cabin in Alaska and uh, uh, maybe, you know, isolate myself. um, Oh, what's the name of this town? Um, It's right after I I was there. I was there in 2010. We we went and traveled that Dalton Highway and stopped off in Palmer, Alaska. Yeah, the the Dalton Highway is right after Coldfoot. It's this small town. In any case, it's 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 above the Arctic Circle. It's up there. They they have a they have a, um, a bird and breakfast. It's called the Arctic Getaway, and uh, and it's just cabins. It's in well, the, their address is Fairbanks, Alaska, but uh, uh, online, but it's not Fairbanks, Alaska. Yeah, we spent some time in Fairbanks too. Wiseman, Wiseman. I know I knew it started with a W. It's called Wiseman, Alaska. Yeah, and it's a small town. It's like ten people who live up there. Uh, but uh, it's very, very beautiful area, and I would love to spend some time there and maybe write that book. Yeah. Did you get to see the Northern Lights when you were up there? No, I was there in summer, so it never got dark. When we went to Fairbanks, we had the opportunity. Uh, it was definitely dark enough and cold enough, but there was only one night where you could sort of even mm-hmm. see something. It just wasn't in the cards. Well, my plan, that was my plan, my original plan for 2020. And uh, eventually, that, that's what I want to do. I want to do the, 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 the RV trip to Alaska and just linger long enough for it to get dark, you know, linger into maybe mid, mid-August when it starts getting cold and it starts getting dark and maybe, you know, see the northern lights before heading back south. Okay, that sounds like a good plan. How long do you see yourself doing this? Any uh, reason not as, to? No, as long as I have health, uh, my health to, to, to be able to do it, um, and I don't see myself. Uh, I might slow down. I might slow down, but uh, I, I I foresee myself uh, traveling as long as I have the health to do it. Uh, what would you advise to someone either pursuing a travel vlog or you know starting out as an influencer, you know, with either a blog or a podcast or something along those lines? Uh, first of all, I, I would do what you like because when you do what you like, you're going to do it best. And when you do something at, at, at your best, you're going to be the best version of yourself, and you're going and people are going to. Uh, see that and appreciate it and uh, it takes time you know so just persevere be consistent and if 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 uh, on youtube or it could work for a for a podcast for a blog too good eye-catching thumbnails i, I cannot stress that enough yeah I, I never thought that that would make such a huge difference let me tell you you you, you I, I have a i have a, um, i'm i almost have 180,000 subscribers or did i pass 180 on on, on youtube but a lot of my views don't come from subscribers. They come from people who just, they just finish watching a video from someone else related. And then they see all those thumbnails on the, le- the right hand side of the screen and they click on the, the one that looks best, usually. Um, that's where most of the traffic comes from. Yeah, I remember seeing one page, I think it was on your YouTube blog, it might have been like the community or something, that had 46 million views. But yeah, you only had 188,000 subscribers, so that, that gives you an idea. Do you have any new projects coming up or anything that uh, our listeners should know about? I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of redesigning my website. That's the only thing. 
and I have this gentleman in Naples, Florida, who is doing a great job uh, of it. And um, and the next project is the the upcoming trip to the Northeast, if if all goes well, you know. And the Northeast, and then the whole East Coast. That's my that's the that's the summer 2021 uh, trip in the works. What's your advice for somebody that, that might be claustrophobic, but that likes to travel? How could they get used to traveling in like like your mini Winnebago? Let me tell you something. The only times where you're going to have uh, trouble perhaps are like bad weather days when you have to stay inside. But uh, you get used to it. I've, tra- I've, I've, be- I've lived uh, four months in a row in that 19-foot trailer. And at uh, the beginning, it feels kind of claustrophobic, but... Eventually, you get used to, uh, and and it's easier because you're sitting at your desk, and the refrigerator is right here. You don't even have to get up <laughs> to grab something from the fridge, and and then I, I come here to to my you know big stickers and bricks uh, home in Miami, and everything feels huge. I think you can get used to it. Just uh, and if you're claustrophobic, get something with big windows so you can look outside, and it doesn't feel as constrained, especially on on bad weather days. On good weather days. Small house, huge backyard. That's that's uh, the the RVers. Uh, what we say, you know. That's definitely one way to look at it. I, I may have to revisit. That. And and if you don't like your backyard, doesn't matter. You can move and you get a, a new, better backyard the next day. <laughs> Had any problems with driving with you know other other drivers, particularly with you know with an RV or. Less than you would imagine, less than you would imagine. Driving into a city, especially like Miami, Atlanta, New York, it's stressful with a car. Imagine with a, towing a trailer behind you. And you have to be aware of your length. You have to be aware of certain roads that maybe you shouldn't go on. You have to be aware of, uh, of uh, underpasses. You know, you have, you have to know your height more than anything. Um, actually, a couple of months ago, I went through an underpass in Ohio that I only had like four inches to spare. So I'm like, well, let's, let's see if it fits. You know, I went really slow and it, let's see if Winnebago told me the right height. <laughs> We've got a, well, a train overpass and, you know, through the underpass. And yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've seen a truck get stuck going through it. They, they have YouTube channels dedicated just to that. It's, it's, it's one of those like 11 and a half passes and you see boom, one after the other. Mm-hmm. But those are the things. And if you're towing a trailer, uh, be aware of dead ends. It's happened to me more than once. Luckily, I've gotten pretty good at backing that trailer up, but still, it's, uh, it, it could be scary sometimes. Oh, by the way, before before I, 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 I before I wrap that up, don't do like me. Don't, don't do like me and rely on Google Maps. If, if you're going to get a large trailer, get yourself a GPS specific for for RVs and trucks. Just just because, you know, it's, it helps a lot. I didn't know there was a specific GPS. They ran, ran McNally and Garmin make one. And then there's a couple of apps also for, for the phone. And uh, it, will, it will route you through easy routes and routes that well, you won't encounter. Okay, that's routes. good to know. What book do you recommend to someone either starting, you know, their travel vlog or influencer journey? Do you have a book that you'd recommend? For someone who's starting a travel blog, I I don't really have a, a book for that. Not really. I started reading one that it was called uh, Bagavonding or something like that. I, I didn't find it all that uh, compelling. I can recommend several travel books for inspiration, not, not to teach you how to how to write a travel vlog or how to make a YouTube channel, but for inspiration travels. Yeah. Steinbeck's travels with Charlie. There's one called blue highways. Anything Bill Bryson ever wrote is good. Like uh, if you want to travel abroad, uh, one of my favorite books, uh, and just because I haven't done that trip yet, it's called in a sunburned country. 
by Bill Bryson. It's about Australia. And those are such some some of those books that are so well written that even if you don't ever intend to go to Australia, you should just read it for the for the humor aspect and for other things. Yeah, it's a twenty it's a twenty hour flight, but to begin with, depending where you are, so <laughs> or more. So yeah, you have to think about it and plan it well. Which makes you know Mark Twain visiting. Can that, you imagine you know, by you know, that, that took weeks, if not over a month, right? To go, go crossing that Pacific crossing must be. I, I would love to do that. Actually, that's another thing that I would love to do. And and I know you can do it on a cruise ship, but you can also book passage in cargo ships. That's I've something that I that. might explore. I, I might explore at some time in the future. It would be really cool to live from like the port of LA and a, and a couple of weeks later uh, arriving in Shanghai or one of these places. You know. You think you'd take the uh, RV with you? And that that's probably impractical. But I, I wouldn't mind going to Australia and, and renting a. I think it would be more like a camper van, what they have down there. Okay. Or, and 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 spending a month, you know, roaming around Australia. Imagine it's, it's a country the size of the size of the United States, but very few things in between. So it will be it will be an interesting cross country trip. I'd like to visit there. I'd like to visit Iceland. Yeah. Oh, Iceland too, and there, there's that loop road that goes all around Iceland. Yeah. That it's, uh, yeah, that's that's also also you know there's so many places a lifetime, to ten lifetime lifetimes wouldn't be enough to 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 satiate you know that that wanderlust as they call it. So, so I'm never gonna run out of content to put on the YouTube channel. That it much, doesn't is, sound that like much it. is certain. <laughs> what's your What's been your favorite travel destination overall? Well, I, I always like to say the Grand Canyon in the United States. Uh, the, I mean, around the world there are others, but the Grand Canyon, uh, even in the world, it's, it's one of those places that is impossible to photograph or videotape. It, no, nothing can replicate the experience of standing there on the South Rim at the widest and deepest point and looking at that grandness. You know, it's, 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 it's really a, an emotional experience. I mean, you could spend you could you could spend months, uh, years in Utah and Arizona, and not see all the beautiful places in just those, those two states. Mm-hmm. So, and that's just a, that that chunk of you know, it's um, yeah, sandstone, all the all the red sandstone structures out there. But the Grand Canyon is the the one that that I would put at that number one. Probably Monument Valley at number two if you want to do the iconic Western trip. Is there a piece of software or an app that you use that is in your business that's been indispensable? Well, I use uh, several apps for video editing. I mean, I, I used to I used to do Final Cut. I switched to Adobe Premiere, but they're both comparable. Each is better at, at certain things. But I'm using Adobe Premiere right now. In fact, I use the Adobe Suite for, you know, Adobe Photoshop is essential. I know there are other graphic softwares that you can use to, to mm-hmm. edit pictures and do the thumbnails and things like that. And and then for graphics, I, I use uh, Motion a lot. Motion 5 is a, it's an Apple program. And for the music, Logic Pro on a, on a Mac. And that's... Um, for music composition, I'm, it, it's just easy and... and it has it's super powerful, but it's relatively easy and quick to to do certain things, and that's what I use for all my audio, audio recording. So those four those those four would be the the essential apps that I use pretty much for everything. Yeah, your music, yeah, you know, your audio sounds great. Definitely, you've you've your hands hands above a lot of the content that's on on YouTube with that in that regard. Yeah. So, what's the number one piece of advice that you can give to the EO40 listeners? I kind of 
gonna quote Gary Vaynerchuk, which is one of these, uh, you know, uh, I, I use it, it's his motivational speaker these days about business and all that. But he used to be, I used to follow him when he was a, a wine person. But uh, what he says is that it's never too late. You know, you, you see people at 70. If you have the passion to do it, you, you, you can start at 70, even, even if you perhaps don't have as, as much time left as someone in their 30s or 20s. But it's never too late to start. It's never too late to, to start with your passion, you know, and, uh, and getting, you know, getting to, to, to exploit or to, uh, you know, uh, to, you know, the, the best version of yourself, you know, sometimes you just uh, stay doing something that perhaps um, you're not best at, but it's comfortable and it's good and it works for you, but maybe it's not what makes you happy. And uh, I think at, at any age, you, as long as you have the, the health and the mind to do it, you can do it. Good words of advice. No need to heed those. Seize the day. Seize the day. You know, that's that's what happened to me. I was in my mid forties in in a dead end job, and I'm like, it was it was okay. It was a nice office in downtown Miami. I was doing okay, but I wasn't happy, so I decided to to, to make a to make the pivot in my life. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you, Robert Morales, better known as Traveling Robert, for being a guest on Entrepreneurs Over Forty. You can check him out at his YouTube channel, Traveling Robert. We'll have links in the show. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Travel, I mean, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. So check it out. Will do. Thank you again. Some of my takeaways from our conversation with Robert Morales. He reminded me of the Mark Twain quote, travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness. These words are still true today. While Robert makes it all look easy, just the video editing alone runs one hour per minute. Each video that he does is a labor of love for him. He taught me the consistency Thumbnails and actually putting out a good product are the main things, but eventually you have to find your voice, find that niche, and respect your public and interact with your public. Lastly, he advised us, it's never too late. It's never too late to start with your passion. Be sure to check us out next week for episode five, where we interview Mitch Graff, and he talks about six-star customer service. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Over 40. Check us out at entrepreneursover40.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast directory.